that they're going to. Uh, so, like I said, um, I, you know, if you want that list, you know, whatever I'll have over here at the end, you can look at it again and uh, see those. But I think a lot of you know the reason why we don't, you know, we have a hard time memorizing scriptures is just by the way we eat. Uh, and it makes sense because, you know, the old saying of you are what you eat. And uh, God gave us food to eat and everything else. But a lot of those other ones, you know, like I said, I think a lot of us had almost 100% on the good foods. But also some of us also had 100% on the bad foods as well. So anyways, this next one, I'm going to pass this one out. And uh, these are like the, there's three uh, primary methods. It actually even tells you, to, you know, how to do these things. So. I'll It is on there. As far as the list, the good foods, the good foods of broccoli was right after Brewer's East. Yep, but that is on there. All right. So if you look at this, is there's three primary methods that will revolution. This is that will revolutionize the way that you memorize the Bible. The first one, um, and this is not mine. I, I got this off of somebody else. Somebody needs to shoot the duck. Kapow! I'm just kidding. All right, uh, this is not mine. I, I borrowed this from somebody else. Uh, but the you know, first method says I discovered uh, was the first method I discovered was one contained in this link, which I said I have that link if you want to see it. Um, I tried to print it off, but it kept on like every time that I try and print it off, it would skip parts of it. So it's almost something that you have to look at on your phone or on your computer. Um, the second method is secret repetition. This involves, this is like chanting verses in your mind, just like re- uh, repeating them over and over in your mind uh, while performing everyday tasks. So while you're out driving or whatever you're doing, um, this is probably good when you're not talking to somebody because uh, you want to actually hear what they're probably saying to you. But basically, uh, it's, it's called a secret repetition method because no one is around you is aware that you're quoting these verses. So as you're going through them in your mind. The third uh, method is the variation of uh, secret repetition, which is breaking, the, you know, breaking into chapters and verses down to very small parts. Uh, it says, which allows me to memorize the verses even when my mind must be occupied with other things. It takes almost no mental effort to quote very short uh, phrases. And if these uh, short phrases are quoted hundreds of times, putting them together into chapters uh, later, it's very easy. And so he, this person is going through, I'm not going to read everything for you, but basically um, you can you know, learn, I think they said, about eight or nine verses a day if you do it this way. And so that's what helps you be able to you know, memorize uh, the New Testament in five years is the fact that you're memorizing about eight or nine verses a day because of the way that you're doing this. And it seems a lot more doable when you say, well, it's only eight or nine verses as opposed to I've got to memorize 100 scriptures in one day or something. But as you go through it, you begin to memorize it and everything else. So that's, 
that's one thing to help you out there. Don't worry. Like I said, I'm not going to, uh, you know, this is just a you know, help for you to be able to go through that. Now, I told you I was going to go through tonight. I'm going to go through um, the different, uh, like when you're out, you know, leading somebody to Christ, you're going to have some people, uh, they'll, they'll say certain things in like certain key phrases or whatever, and it'll help you know where they're at, uh, where they're coming from, what they believe. But uh, before we get to that, there's a couple of things in here. Uh, we talk about this. This is, you know, they call the classic soul winner's New Testament. It has helps in the back. And if you uh, turn to page 377, some of you just got it tonight. So you'll begin to see um, what it, like how some people will say certain things. And this goes along with what people will bring up uh, when they're out there. One of them is you're going to hear is, I've always been a Christian. I've always been. And which obviously what they mean is, is that from a very young age, that they have you know, been a Christian because we know that you have to be born again you know, to be a believer. Just because you grew up in church does not mean that you're a you know, Christian. So um, it'll give you, it gives you verses in here because you know, what it says is, you know, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So a person cannot live off the faith of their parents, the faith of their grandparents, or anybody else. It has to be their own. And so it goes through and helps you. It says, there's another one that says, because a lot of people say, well, I'm afraid that I cannot live it. I cannot live the Christian life. I don't, um, you know, there's some, uh, like Philippians 1, 6 on this page says, being confident of this very thing, that he which, which hath uh, begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Basically, he started the good work. He's going to complete it in you. And so they can be afraid all they want to, but God's word said that he's going to complete it in you, that he's going to do it. And then if we go on to, let's look at some of these other ones. There's one about here about backsliding or backslider who won't repent. Uh, ones that say, I cannot believe. It's basically an assessor saying, you know, they're like, I cannot believe that. Well, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto uh, thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So these are ways for you to, as you go through, it's good to know the, uh, the things in the back so that way you can say, you know what, I read that, I know where it is. If you can't find it right away, you got this in the back. That's why it's a, you know, a help on this. If anybody wants you know, one of these, like I said, I've ordered these um, uh, before, but I can order some more. Uh, the cost is uh, $20 uh, for this, and it gives, you know, it's just the New Testament, but it goes in there. Um, there's a, a ones on the next page on 380. It says uh, that they cannot understand the Bible. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he uh, know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so, you know, the thing is, is it also says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. That's the reason why some people can't understand it. It's because they're not saved in the first place. And let's just face it, not everything, 100%, are you going to quite understand. Because if you understood it, you know, all you, if you understood everything in the Bible as far as like at that moment, you go, I only have to read it one time because I already understand everything. God's going to reveal things as he goes through, but the thing is, is that if you're reading and you're going, I don't understand one thing in here, then you may want to ask the Lord, you know what, am I truly saved? 
I'm just saying, or the person you know that you're talking to, you know, the person that you're talking to, say, well, are you really saved then? Not like in a you know vindictive way, but like I don't think you're saved. You're going to hell right now. I mean, I'm not saying like go that far with them, but just say, you know, have you trusted in the Lord? It talks about those that say, you know, that I don't have to attend church. Well, yeah, you don't have to attend church to be saved, but there's a reason why you should attend church if you are saved. You know, uh, and it goes through uh, those scriptures as well uh, on here. And then, you know, some people say, well, I've always been a church member. It goes through those things as well. Some of them, you know, they use again you know, over and over again because they apply over and over again. Because in here they use John 3, 3 again, you know, where Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except, he be born, or except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So they'll use some of them, you know, more than, in, uh, more than once. Because why? Because the Bible applies in all different areas of your life. It doesn't just mean those uh, as well. Uh, there's some out there that believe that everyone will go to heaven. And you can show them on page 382. I'm just kind of going through it as I'm, if you're wondering where I'm going, just keep, you know, if you have one, just keep on following through. It'll give you those verses as well. Uh, like Second Thessalonians 2.12 that says, that they all uh, might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That just means that anyone who has not believed upon the Lord, the Bible says that they're going to be eternally damned. I mean, that's, everybody knows that, or everybody in church knows that, I should say. Um, like I say, going through all those, but also I wanted to uh, jump ahead here to, let's see here, page... To be in the 400s, 441. But like I say, check out those things in the back. Because on page 441, everything that we've talked about as far as how to lead somebody to Christ, the plan of salvation, is on page 441. So if you're saying, I don't remember it, I didn't mark it down, you know, Pastor, you went too fast, I couldn't catch it, it's on page 441 in here. But like I said, oh, like we talked about before, it's good to memorize at least the scripture references. Obviously, it's good to memorize the scripture too, but at least you know start uh, working on those uh, scripture references as well. And then that way, like I say, you know this one on page four forty one is going to help you uh, to lead somebody to Christ. I mean, it, lead uh, lead them through the plan of salvation, lead them to Christ as well. Uh, page four forty four. It even goes to the whole conversation. What do you say after you have asked the question, if you were to die today, are you sure, 100% sure that you would go to heaven? And it has a whole kind of scenario where a person's saying, well, I don't know, and kind of going through that scenario with them. And then on page 447, again, it kind of gives you some ideas of what to ask while you're sharing the gospel with someone. What's your church background? You know, that question we asked before, if you were to die right now, are you, are you sure that you would go to heaven? Could I, t- you know, then you could already say, can I take a minute and show you how, uh, how you can know that you're uh, for sure that you're going to go to heaven? And then, you know, it has other ones on there as well. So this, this Bible right here, like I said, it has um, a whole bunch of just different ways, you know, to, you know, show you so, um, and follow on through that. Like I said, now let's go. Anybody have any questions before I get into some of the questions that you were you know, things that, to look out for when you're out there uh, sharing the gospel with, with people.
I've always, uh, I've always said that don't be afraid to ask the question because you know what, I can guarantee somebody else in the room has that same question or maybe when you ask that question, you know, they may go, yeah, well, what about that? So, all right. I thought about this uh, a couple times because, like I said, obviously there's some Jehovah's Witnesses uh, coming into town. And here's the funny thing is Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists almost believe, they, on the key doctrines, they almost believe the same thing. So it, it also helps you, you know, uh, realize this because, like, when I realized it myself, I go, man, I really like uh, Dr. Ben Carson. He's a Seventh-day Adventist, though. One of the things that they believe is they call it soul sleep, that when you die, your soul sleeps, that you don't go to be with the Lord. You just kind of sit there, and you're kind of, you know, they also believe in annihilationism, which basically is that there's no heaven, there's no hell. And so you have the Jehovah's Witnesses that will... Uh, that, have, like I said, you know, are pretty close to the Seventh-day Adventists in this area. And one of the ways that you'll know is, is if they say, well, I go down to the Kingdom Hall. Or if they have a, a little sticker on the back window that says JW.org. That's Jehovah's Witness website. So you'll kind of have that thing. There's you know, things in there. Or, the, you know, like I say, if they come out and say, well, I don't believe there's a literal hell. I don't believe, you know, these are things that, uh, that we need to realize. One of the things also is basically they've taken the New Testament, and basically have rewritten it. They said, well, we believe in the original Greek. No, they don't. They've taken the Greek and made it their own. Um, one of the you know, key verses, you know, it was in John 1.1. 1, 1. I'll read it for you, and then I'll, I'll tell you the change that they make. It's a small change, but most people you know, don't, won't even necessarily think about it. Actually, it's uh, First John, or sorry, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That's what they say. Did you get the, uh, did you get the part? Yep. A God. Now, over the past you know, year or so, I've been kind of like learning. And I'm not saying like you have to do this in order to figure it all out. Because, but what they'll tell you is, well, in the original Greek. And I wanted to find this out. Like in the, in the Greek. I'm not saying you have to learn the Greek in order to figure this out. Because I'll just tell you exactly what it was. They add... Um, that, that letter A in there. Because actually, if you look at the original Greek, what it actually you know, would say is, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was the God. That's what it, if you were to you know, say it, it's specifically how it's written in the original Greek, actually would say the God. So it's still singular. They're over there trying to make it that you know, Jesus was just some sort of God that they made up. They're also the ones, like this last Sunday, where I was talking about how they... Um, how they will, be, you know, that they believe that if you, uh, that, sorry, that Jesus was, uh, he was man and God made him God. That he was adopted in or he, you know, at his, either his resurrection, you know, his burial or his ascension, that God all of a sudden said, hey, you, it's kind of like, hey, you're good enough, I'll make you God now. It kind of goes along with that whole, like, Christ spirit that we were talking about on Sunday, um, where they will, you know, where Jesus, you know, he was, he had the Messiah or Christ spirit, so he became the Messiah at that moment, but then later on it went to Buddha, then it went on to, this is the same kind of philosophy in a lot of ways that Oprah Winfrey believes. I remember seeing one, I think it was back in the 80s with uh, Oprah Winfrey having, because it was while well, she had her talk show, maybe early 90s. And uh, she started talking about back, back then because some people think, well, it was just something recently. No, it was back in the 80s. 
because these ladies on this show like went after her. Um, she got up there and said that there was one of many ways to get to heaven. You know, whereas you call him Jesus, so-and-so over here may call him Buddha. Or someone over here may call him this. And these ladies, like, I mean, if you go on there, you go on YouTube or whatever and, like, type Oprah Winfrey, all, all ways to heaven, look up the old clip. And these ladies are like, no, Jesus Christ is the only way. And these ladies are, like, witnessing to Oprah on the show. It was awesome. Um, but, yeah, that's what she believes. That's what a lot of you're going to see is that there's a lot of them that believe, um, you know, that there's one of many ways. But yet, once you, if you were to get into that cult, they would make it to, like, no, unless you believe like us. I mean, that's how they try to do it. Even now, actually, Jehovah's Witnesses won't, won't even necessarily call himself a Jehovah's Witness anymore. They'll call himself a Christian. Because before, if you heard Jehovah's Witness, you're like, okay, you, know, you can go away now. You know, get off my doorstep and go. But now they'll call themselves Christians. They have no problem uh, you know, saying that now. But uh, another one is, is that they obviously believe in the 144,000. The funny thing is, is that they don't know necessarily if they're part of the 144,000. And that number kind of changes back and forth because after they've had more than 144,000 come into their cult, they've kind of messed around with that number. Oh, it's a figurative number now. It's not an actual number. It's, a, it's not a literal number. It's a figurative number. And they'll talk to you, uh, you, know, you know, and they'll go in there. But what you can do with this is um, instead of asking that question, do you know for sure? I mean, you could ask this question. Do you know for sure if you die today that you would go to heaven? They won't necessarily be able to answer it. But you could also say, do you know for sure if you were to die today that you're saved and that you have eternal life? They'll say that, you know, that they're not really sure about the other one. But if you ask them if they're saved and have eternal life, they don't know that. They just don't know. They'll say, nobody knows that. Who can know that? And you could say, well, you know what? Can I show you? And... Uh, the thing is, is that what you want to, what you want to, the reason why you want to probably change it to the second one, or the one asking if, the, if they're saved and if they have eternal life, the reason why is because they can change the question and lead you on a rabbit trail on that first question. Like when I said, you know, do you, uh, do you know for sure if you died today that you would go to heaven? They'll change it and say, well, I'm not going to heaven because there's only 144,000. And then they'll lead you on a rabbit trail. But if you change it to, do you know for sure that if you were to die today that you're saved and you have eternal life? That's going to be a whole other question. You add that little part on the end of it, and that you know, changes the entire question. Because then you can begin to show them that you can have eternal life only through Jesus Christ. So they believe that only 144,000 Yep, and that uh, they're hoping that they're a part of it. Yeah. But yet, like I say, it's a figurative number. You know, they've now changed it to a figurative number as opposed to... Because they look at the book of Revelation. Remember, they have their own Greek manuscript, but they look at the book of Revelation and say only 144,000 are going to make it. But now they say, instead of it being a literal number, it's a figurative number. You know, that's not really 144,000. It was just the number God threw out there kind of a thing. It's kind of convenient, don't you think? Like how they kind of change things as they go. And then other ones you have, um, I mean, there's other ones is, I mean, what we need to realize in this, you know, when we look at different cults and false religions, in all of these things that I'm going to talk about tonight, and we talked it all the way through the thing, is once they present a rabbit trail, 
and it's good to recognize the rabbit trail, always, you know, just kind of say, you know what, I'll, you know, let's wait till the end and then I'll answer that. Because what they're trying to do is get you off on a rabbit trail and you're never going to be able to present the gospel. You may even forget where you were at in the gospel of sharing it with them. I mean, think about how, uh, how many times that maybe you've gotten in a discussion with your spouse or a friend. You started off on one thing and you're going, how did I get here at the end? I mean, I don't know if you're like me. I, I sit there going, did we just start talking about turtles and how did we end up talking about, you know, the war in Iraq or something or whatever? I say, I have no idea. I mean, just... That's just how it can go. But when you're there, you want to make sure that you, you, know, you just tell them, you know, hey, um, we can deal with that at the end. And then you can kind of, if you feel okay with, you know, talking to them about it, or you just say, you know what, I'll uh, get back to you on that. And when you, if you say, I'm going to get back to you on it, make sure you get back to them, whether that's, hey, you printed off some papers and you want to give it to them, or you actually want to go, come back and talk to them again. But that's one of those things. And we also uh, obviously know that the gospel the gospel is the God of, you know, unto salvation. That's the, the gospel, that's the entire thing. How do we you know, get saved? It's by hearing the gospel. And we know the God of salvation is Jesus Christ, right? And so, like I said, go through the gospel first. Then you can go through other things later. If they try to take, here's the thing, if they try and take over the conversation, you don't have to necessarily fight that battle. You can just walk away. Some people say, well, what about presenting the gospel to them? They have no interest at that moment. And it's kind of hard because you, sometimes if you're kind of, if you take on a little bit, you know, I guess how, how I am, I kind of want to win that battle. But I've had to, you know, learn how to, you know, just shut up and walk away and say, okay, well, I'll talk to you later and just walk away from them. You don't have to be rude about it, but you just say, you know what, I'll talk to you later when you want to hear what I have to say and just walk away. And uh, one of the way, I mean, if, they, if you still feel like you want to take on that battle, in which you don't have to, but if you want to, you can say, if I could prove to you from the Bible that Jesus is God, would you believe it? Would you believe in him if I could prove it to you? And if they say no, then you know that you probably can just walk away on that one because you know that no matter what, they just have an attitude and they're not going to want to do it. Now, here's the thing is, is that when, you, when you're sharing the gospel, obviously, as we talked about before, you've got to you know, show it to them that it's by faith and that you must, um, that's of faith alone in Jesus Christ to be saved. Also, I'm going to go back into the Jehovah's Witness because they're just so much fun. And we obviously know that we have them around town because I got that letter uh, from them. They believe that Jesus was a created, was a created being, a lesser being that they even believe that he was Michael the Archangel. Michael the Archangel. Did you go talk to a Jehovah's Witness? That's what they believe? <laughs> you got to remember, and a lot of these ones, these, these cults you'll find out, like with the Mormons, the Mormons believe that uh, Gabriel, an angel, came to him and spoke to him and gave him golden dishes. And... They don't have the dishes now, but that's what they believe. So, I mean, that's, like I said, that's one of the things that they believe, that Jesus was a lesser being, that he wasn't, uh, that he wasn't God. Uh, actually, I believe in this one, along with the, uh, in the Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, in also with the Mormons, a lot of these cults will uh, 
kind of mix and match together. But uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons believe that Jesus was even the brother of Satan. So that's one of the things that, you know, like I say, there's a lot of things that you can kind of look at and, and know where they're coming from a little bit. And, you know, knowing that, you know, what God's word says, um, you know, no, that's not true. You know, Jesus is definitely not, you know, because they believe that, um, that there's God and then there's Jesus that's adopted as a God. You know, he was made a God later on. And then Satan's also the same thing, that they're brothers. But they're just, and kind of like in some ways that they're just having a little tiff. And that they're fighting over things, but yet it's... But in the end, everybody gets their own, you know, area. Mormons believe that you get your own planet when you die. And that's only for the men. I'm just telling you. I got ones over there, like, ladies over there shaking their head. I'm like, I'm just telling you. This is totally a man-made thing, you know, totally a man-made religion. And the thing is, is that, you know, like with Mormons, they also believe that, you know, you can have many wives. And basically the wife that gives the most children has the most favor. And they believe that problem out of Timothy... They will use scripture. They will out of Timothy where it says that women can only be saved through childbearing. Mind you, there's a gnat up here. I'm not just grabbing at random things. Um, but they're grabbing at random things and grabbing at straws. So, um, but they take that one verse, you know, that part of that one verse that said women can only be saved through childbearing. And they use that one you know, to promote polygamy and having all kinds of children and everything else. By the way, the, the Great Salt Lake, that's the Garden of Eden to them. It was in Missouri. It was in Jefferson City. But then they had to move on, so that was just one of the Garden of Eden, and then they went out to the Great Salt Lake, and they're in Utah. Yeah, there, like I say, there's a lot of weird you know, stuff out there as well. This is one of the good reasons why you also have somebody with you. As I referred to it before as a silent partner, you always take somebody with you, because for one thing, they're praying with you and for you as you're going through this. But also, if... Maybe you're stuck or something, and you can, you know, maybe that person can kind of maybe help you out in that moment. And like I said, you know, first, when you, uh, when you first went and you talked to them, you let them know where you're from. Because, like, the Jehovah's Witnesses have, you know, and the Mormons have hijacked going door-to-door if you're going to go door-to-door. So let them know that you're coming from a normal church. Um, and you could just do this, you know, say, hi, my name is Sean. I'm from uh, Crothersville first, over here in Crothersville. And they'll go, oh, okay, as opposed to, hey, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. And you know, a lot of times that door is slammed in your face right away, so it's just going to happen. Now, one of the other ones I want to talk about, I know about this one because I was born and raised this way, is uh, Catholicism. And some people say, well, they're saved. No, they're not. The reason why, for one thing, you know, they believe in idols. They have idols all around their church. They say you know, that, that they're not praying to them, but yet I see them bow down to them all the time. You go to a priest to confess your sins, and then he goes to God. What the Bible says in Timothy, that there is only one mediator between man and God, and that is Christ Jesus. And so there's a whole bunch of different things that they, you know, that they will do that are just flat out wrong. Um, they believe that Peter was the first pope. He wasn't, but that's what they believe. That's what they'll tell you. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, works in there. They also believe that a child needs to be baptized within a certain amount of time in order to get rid of original sin. And the idea, where, and this goes on into other areas of uh, Christianity that are, you know, that, that, you know uh, that kind of base themselves off. Like Lutherans believe this way. So do Episcopalians. 
So what I also believe the Presbyterians do as well, that they need to get rid of original sin. Original sin basically says that um, even though that a child is innocent, they need to get rid of the original sin that Adam had. And I believe it's in uh, Ezekiel 18.20 uh, where it says that we are not going to be judged according to the sins of our father. And so they have a lot of those things. We know that obviously when a child, yes, a child um, will inherit a sinful nature, but not, they're not sinful. Does that make sense? They have that nature about them, but they're not sinful. And so when they get old enough, and they begin to understand um, right from wrong, begin to understand certain things like about Jesus and the gospel. You know, we refer to it as the age of accountability. And they begin to understand, and that's when, right at that moment, you know, that they have that choice, basically, of saying, I'm going to follow Jesus or not. That's when they would actually be judged for what they have, when they begin to understand, and they understand, and they go, that's why I need to do, you know, either they say, well, this is why I'm going to follow Jesus, or I'm going to reject him. But uh, Catholicism, other ones will sit there and say, well, we've got to wash away original sin. The Bible doesn't even talk about that, okay? Um, and then, you know, they add a whole bunch of other things. Their biggest thing is, is that if the Pope says it, that takes precedent over what the Bible says. And they have their own Bible, too, just so you know. They may have things that kind of, like, look the same as the Bible, but they have their own. They have their own. I mean, they have one with, with 70 books. We only have 66. But they also change a lot of stuff in there as well. Um, that's one of those things that you, know, you realize there's a lot of religion in there, that if you do so many things, you say so many Hail Marys, you do so many whatever, then you're going to be saved. The Bible says alone, you know, in Ephesians you know, 2, 8, and 9, it says, you know, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of, your, uh, this is not of, of works, lest any man should boast. I know that I missed some parts in there, but, you know, um, that's the whole thing is this faith alone in Jesus Christ. Now, I do want to, on that, this is not in my notes, but I do want to uh, make something, you know, clear. Because I, I know a couple weeks ago, I, I got a couple of the, the looks going, what? That doesn't sound right. Is the fact of, you know, that you don't, that you don't need to repent of your sins in order to be saved. Because the Bible never says that you have to repent of your sins to be saved. The Bible does say you have to repent, and what it's referring to is the fact of your dead works, the things that you're trusting in. All right? So when you say, when uh, a person comes to know Jesus, what they're saying is basically, you know, that you're, you're changing your mind, you're changing your focus, you're not trusting in the idols that you, you once trusted in, the false gods and everything else that you trusted in before, but you're changing your mind and you're believing upon the Lord Jesus. Now, obviously, afterwards, should you repent, you know, of, like, sins that you have in your life? Yes. But it's not required for salvation in that fact of trying to repent of, uh, of, your sin, uh, of like, sins that you have, you know, in order for salvation. Because the Bible, it's, like it says, it's, that it's by faith alone. And I can show you some verses if you want me to go through those as well. Um, but that's one of those things that the word repent for a lot of people has become that you must, you know, uh, you must repent of all your sins. The word repent itself just means change your mind. That's it. And you'll never find the word repent of your sins in the Bible. That phrase is not in the Bible. All right? And so I just want to make that, you know, clear. I know that, you know, it's like, well, isn't that you're just kind of, you know, messing with a little bit? No. You know, like you're messing with small, tiny details. Well, those details, you know, can mean a lot. Because think about it. When you first got saved, did you, uh, uh, you know, you may have said, I repent of all my sins. Did you keep on doing it? 
So that means you didn't necessarily turn from your sins, right? And that's like you, that's putting it upon you and not your faith alone in Jesus Christ to do it. Because Jesus is the one that can help you through this. Jesus alone is the one who clothes you in his righteousness. And, you know, that's why we need to, uh, that's, that's why we need to get it right when we say that. Because I think so, uh, I mean, I've got people say, well, you got to, we tell, we tell people that they have to stop doing things before they, get, they can get saved. Like I, I ran into somebody uh, the other day that said, I wish so-and-so would stop smoking because I don't think that, you know, that a person, you know, is saved unless, you know, they stop smoking. And how many of you know that there are going to be things that you still deal with after you're saved? And some will deal with smoking, some will deal with whatever. Now, if you're just saying, well, you know what, I'm just going to deal with it and be, you know, I'm fine with it and don't want, I mean, there has to be a desire, you know, a desire to, you know, want to stop. And I, I know, you know, there are certain things that we struggle with and we fight with and we, we battle with, but just don't give in to it. Because I met, this, I met one gentleman who said, um, you know, he's saved and everything else, and that he just said, um, I know I'm a dirty old man. But I just can't help it. And I said, no, you don't want to help it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you're basically trying to say, well, I know I'm a, a Christian. I can whatever. But I just go, I have to go kill somebody. It's like, no, you don't. You don't have to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know I'm using an extreme example here, but it's just the fact that, you know, you have some people who say, well, I just can't help it. Well, that's the thing. Well, and uh, there was actually one part in there that, that I forgot. This one is talking, you know, talking about like, well, there's too many hypocrites that go to church, yeah. and that's one of those things where it's like, you know what? If you're going to church because of the people, then you're going there for the wrong reasons. You go to church because you want to, you want to worship the Lord, and you want to be edified by the, by the Word of God. But you don't sit there and say, well, I, I'm not going to go to church anymore because so and so just keeps on doing the same thing over and over again. Look at yourself and realize, you know. Um, you know, those things that, you know, that you can, t- you know, that you can work on. Yes, you can talk to them about those things, but don't sit there and get so caught up in, you know, what somebody else is doing. You know, and that's, um, and like you said, that, you know, that people are reading you or watching you. That's, you know, true. It's like, do you want your life to, you know, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but you want to make sure that your life is pointing people to Christ and not saying, well, that person's just doing whatever they want to do. So... Um, like I said, you know, you know, the atheists, you're going to have people that are going to say that they're atheists, that they're going to come out and, and do that. And atheists oftentimes are very intellectual. I put that in quotes because they'll, you know, bring all kinds of arguments to it, you know, about, uh, I know one week we just started, I made a comment about watching like the History Channel and everything else and um, saying that, well, you know what, uh, that there were aliens and Jesus, you know, was talking with the aliens and that also, I mean, there's some weird stuff out there. And so you get all these intellectuals, and they'll, they'll come in there and say, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe that. So how do you talk to them about you know, Jesus at that point? 
They say, well, I don't believe it. You say, well, let's pretend. Let's pretend, you know, for the next few minutes that the Bible is true. Let's pretend. They'll say, well, no, 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 I don't believe in the Bible. Well, let's pretend that it is true. Because you want to get them to that point where you can actually sit there and begin to talk to them about Jesus and begin to talk to them about those things. Because let's face it, they're going to use, you know, their very intellectual arguments to try and, and, and get you off, um, you know, get you off Jesus. And even as an atheist, and this is the way you can do it as, as you talk to them, because you can ask them about, you know, you know, like we're, that we're pretending that the Bible is true. So you can even ask them this. Even as an atheist, you must believe the Bible is one of the most influential books in the world. You have to believe it, right? Because, I mean, let's, let's think about it. I mean, the Bible has led to a lot of things. The Bible's been blamed for a lot of things and some things that has been, you know, appointed to as being good. But you could say, well, you know what? It's one of the most influential books. I mean, there are 2.3 billion people who claim to believe in it. And you know that there are 3.9 billion who claim to believe in Jesus. So this is, you know, must be a pretty influential book. It's also one of the best-selling books in the world. And so you can say, so as an educated person, you should know what the Bible says, right? And so you're leading them, getting them closer and closer and saying, well, yeah, I probably should know what the Bible says. If I'm saying that I'm smart and I'm very intellectual and everything else, I probably should know because all these other people say that they believe it. And you could, you know, just let them say, you know, just to have a knowledge of what the world, you know, that the world that we live in, because we have a lot of people nowadays that are saying that they believe that their morality is better than what the Bible suggests. But it's all subjective. What I mean by that, it's all basically up to that person of what's good and what's bad. So you can, that's one of the ways you could talk to the, uh, to the atheist. Just tell them, hey, let's pretend for a few moments. You got to. I mean, it's probably good for you to know about the Bible because there's always people that are believing in it and whatever, and you can kind of lead them from there and just saying, let's pretend for a moment, and then you can lead, you know, talk to them you know, through, uh, through the Bible. Jewish people, um, this is one of the funniest things that you can do with a, a Jewish person. A Jewish, Jewish person, I can spit it out, is take them through the Romans road just like we've been talking through. You say, well, they don't believe in the, old, uh, you know, the, the New Testament. They don't believe in the Old Testament either. You say, well, no, that's not true. Yeah, they do. Most of them don't believe in the Old Testament. So you can use that whole argument again of let's pretend. You say, how do you know that? Because most of them believe in the Talmud, which is not even, not even in the Bible. It's, it's 30 volumes of the rabbi's teaching, uh, rabbi's teachings throughout the years. And I've, I mentioned this a few times in you know, my sermons that the Talmud actually uh, teaches that uh, Mary was a prostitute or that she, in their words, was a whore and that she slept around and that's where Jesus came about. That basically Jesus was the bastard son of Mary. That's what they, that's what they believe. And so they'll go off of that one, off these rabbis' teachings, and most of them haven't even read all of one, uh, one volume of the Talmud, let alone even close to getting to the 30, uh, you know, the 30 volumes that are there. And you think that this is long? I mean, some people say, well, the Bible is just so thick. But yet you have, I mean, you know, Jewish people there. I mean, those things, I mean, will, I think, honestly, like when I saw the ones in their bodies are probably about that thick. It probably goes from here to probably about here. 
And sometimes we say, well, I have you know, a hard time. I can't necessarily, I can't read the Bible. The Bible's a little bit shorter, I think. Um, so Jewish people, apart from what some people will say, because there are some, uh, some uh, leaders out there. Um, I use, I'm not going to say Christian leaders because I don't think a, a, a Christian person would sit there and teach these things. Is um, that they, uh, they believe that the Jewish people don't need to hear the gospel. Because they're God's chosen people, so God's going to basically kind of give them a pass. And I say, well, how are they going to give them a pass when the Bible says that they need to believe upon Jesus Christ? All right. Um, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, same way. Show them the Romans road, show them the New Testament. I'll you know, take them through all that as well. And the thing is, is that when you, you know, if you get them to that point to, uh, you know, of accepting Jesus Christ emphasize the fact that they need to reject the religion that they're following. The reason being is because you'll have some, like Muslims believe in Jesus. They believe he was the prophet. Buddhists believe that he was a good teacher. Hindus are all on the same, uh, same line, good teacher, good prophet. So what you need to you know, emphasize when you're leading to the Lord, because what you're going to do if you don't emphasize that they need to reject their uh, former religion, is all they're going to do is just bring Jesus alongside of them. And just say, okay, here's I got Jesus now, I got Buddha, I got you know whatever, and they just it'll keep on adding things, but they need, need uh, they need to reject uh, those things, and so you always want to leave on a good note, always, because you never know like if you I might have another opportunity to share with them down the road. You always want to you know leave on a good note. That doesn't necessarily mean you go over to their house again, but you may meet them you know over at Dollar General one time, or you may meet them over at a Chinese restaurant or whatever. And you want to have that. You, you want them to be able to come back to you and, and begin to talk to you. So, um, is there any any questions? I know that I kind of went hit a lot of things and not a lot of topics. Um, a lot of you know, and that's probably not even even half of it because there's also like new age and all that kind of stuff out there as well. Those ones should be a little bit easier to tell because some of it's pretty far out there. Got any questions about any of the ones I talked about or ones that I have not talked about? I'll try to answer it. Don't be scared. No? Any any of the stuff that I've talked about over the past five weeks or so? Well, with that said... Now, since you uh, have an idea of, of, of how, to, how to lead somebody to Christ and how to do it, now as a church, when do we want to set up a time to go do it? You're like, I knew there was a catch. I always suggested, you know, possibly, you know, just doing it after 